Hello and welcome to another episode of Need to Read You Absolute Legends. In this episode of the podcast, I'm chatting with Lucy Davis, who's a personal trainer, YouTuber, podcast host, and a performer elite swimmer. And we discussed loads of things from mental health in sport, therapy, why having a training program is so important, how she's trained like a Navy SEAL and Mo Farah. Discussed very briefly my six hour meditation and we go through a quick bit of the book doctor as well as of course chatting about some of Lucy's favourite books. Now if you enjoy the podcast please consider sharing it with a friend. All of the relevant links are in the description of the episode for Instagram etc and all of the relevant links for Lucy are there as well. Now just before we get started with the actual podcast just a quick word from the sponsors of the show. Now I would just ask you very quickly how is your brain health you probably don't know and that's not your fault not many people do almost 99 percent of adults in the uk are not sufficiently nourishing their brain which i mean it doesn't sound like it's that much of a big deal but it really is your brain is the center of everything you do it controls your focus it controls your sleep it controls your mood and these are all things that can suffer if you're not sufficiently nourishing your brain. Now, a need to read is sponsored by Heights and Heights, the all-in-one brain care supplement. It is a subscription service where you will get all of the nutrients your brains need for just a pound a day. When you use the code need to read for your subscription, it gets you about 10% off and you subscribe three months, six months, a year, each getting you more money off. And the link for that is in the description of this episode. But with that out of the way, Let's get on with the show. Again, welcome to Thanks A Need so to much. Read. Thanks for coming down. I just asked you this question before we realised that the, it wasn't recording, which is... Shit happens. Shit happens. Shit happens. It does. It um, does. And we were talking about your relationship to sport, because I was like, do you ever get bored of talking about fitness? Because I'm not, I'm not an open fitness lover. I'd say I'm like a closeted sport. Oh, a closeted sport. That's an interesting sport description. liker. Yeah. Um, so like I like jiu-jitsu. I don't like the gym. I went today. I saw people looking at their abs and I was like, guys, how like can it. I get that self-esteem? Like, how can I, how can I do that? So your life is this. Your life is fitness. Your life is sport. I didn't realise that it was sport before you said yeah so I, I let's say, touch on that yeah I say sport because I completely grew up in sport mm. from a super young age I was the kid who did everything like skiing climbing swimming gymnastics you you, yeah. you pick one I actually chose swimming when I was really young I was about 10 years old and from 10 years old to 18 I was a full-time swimmer oh, so say from the ages of 14 to 18 I swam for England, swam for Great Britain, swam internationally. Fair play, mate. That's pretty cool. Thank you. So that was my, that was my life. Mm. And it will never not be ingrained in me. Even though I don't swim now, I stopped yeah. when I was 18. And it got to that stage where I was training nine days a week in the pool. You're up at half four before college, leave college early, go back to the pool, strength and conditioning, everything everything was swimming I was a a full-time athlete whilst trying to study and it got to the stage where I just I physically kind of had to quit Mm. and also this sounds like really strange but you also get to a stage where you feel you aren't good enough in sport what like that that late teens era of like am I gonna be that 
Am point, I going to make point it? One percent that gets through. Yeah. So I literally quit a week after British Champs in London. I came sixth in my final of 200M Open Women's Final, and that was the selection for the games. If I came fourth, I would have carried on. I came sixth, and I was just like, do you know what? I'm 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 really starting to hate this sport that I've done for ten years. Yeah. And I don't want to hate it because I love it so much. Yeah. So let's not. I was just so ready. I was like, I'm, I'm going to uni in Manchester. I can't carry on the way I am yeah. in this swimming bubble. Like, what else is out there, Lucy? You, we couldn't do so much when we saw. I couldn't go out. Couldn't eat this. Couldn't do that. It it stemmed my eating disorder. There was a lot of things that happened that I knew I had to just nip it in the bud. Yeah, and that was probably the hardest thing that I've ever had to decide to do. Yeah, I bet. But obviously everything happens for a reason. And yeah, yeah. Do you know, that is the most cliche thing you could say. But I think for me, everything does happen for a reason. Because I wouldn't be doing this now. I wouldn't be sat here with you in these comfy velvet blue chairs. Yeah. Doing a podcast. Well, it's easy to like uh, apply that meaning to things after the event. Like something goes wrong and you're like, this is so terrible. This is yeah. the worst thing ever. And then like five months down the line, you're like, oh my God, I know why I made that decision. Yeah. Everyone, someone had a plan for me somewhere. Yeah. And it was all mapped out. I just didn't know. I just didn't know at the time. <laughs> I just didn't know. Yeah. Um, but that's incredible. I, I, I can't imagine the emotional turmoil that is involved in one, like competing at that level. Mm. Because like not only are you really, really trying hard to be good, but every other motherfucker in that pool oh. wants to be the best. Yeah. And you have to like fight against each other it seems like an awful lot for me like it's it makes me anxious to think about yeah there was so much pressure so there was obviously pressure from the competing side of things but for me I really started to str- struggle I say 16 17 18 with like body image okay. and being very self-aware I'm in a costume yeah all the time I'm swimming for five hours a day like two in the morning three in the I started just become really self-aware of of yeah. m- of myself and the last probably like four months before I quit, that's when the food, nutrition struggles started to happen. I mean, you're expending so many calories when you're doing that much sport. It's unbelievable. You don't, you yeah. don't think about it at the time. I see like Michael Phelps is like seven, 8,000 calories a day. Yeah, something ridiculous I guess like it's, that. I, I don't see why it would be that Oh yeah, it, you. Like, it would have been so many. I can't even think what it would be. I'm more aware of it now because it's my yeah. job. But at the time it would have been like, a lot and expending a lot of energy and I kind of got to this stage in college where I was like skipping meals and I was like oh I quite like being really skinny yeah. I like how I look and I've ne- I'd never really had that thought process in that way before mm. and I told my coach about it and he was like don't be ridiculous there was no support there it was just don't that be seems stupid like a lovely compassionate way to answer and do you know what I actually remember I've never told anyone this I remember Exclusive. telling him yeah. uh he it was really weird. I'd arrived at the pool. I was about to get in for my session. And I was like, I think I need to tell him because I've, I've not eaten at college today. I've, if I had like a rocky road or something, I'd yeah. then skip the next meal. It was just how my mind was working. I was like, I need to talk to someone. I don't know what to do. I was only 18 at the time. And I got to the pool and he had this box of celebrations. And I, like, they were like next to me. And I told him, I said, I'm really struggling with my nutrition. Bear in mind, I was already underweight with like yeah. my body fat percentages. My, mine were really low as a swimmer. I was naturally quite lean genetically. They could see it on you. I was kind of what the other girls were supposed to look like. I was 
always had abs genetically. I have them since I was like four. Yeah. I was super lean, very muscular, but that was just me genetically and they didn't understand that. Yeah. And I remember saying to my coach, I won't say his name, I remember saying to my coach, I keep skipping meals if I'm having like a bit of chocolate or something. I'm I'm not eating well. I don't feel energized. And he got a celebration out. He went, eat that. I was like, I don't want to eat that. I'm about to get in the pool. Like, I don't really feel like it. He was like, no, eat that um, Maltese chocolate. So I was like sat there on poolside eating this Maltese chocolate in front of him, feeling really patronized. I've never opened up to anyone yeah. about nutrition problems. And he's like, okay, you can get in the pool now. And that was the conversation. And when I quit swimming four months later, bear in mind my nutrition just was yeah. really, I was struggling like psychologically. When I quit, I then had an eating disorder for three years. And I think it is because it stemmed from swimming. So yeah. much pressure. You can't eat this, Lucy. You can't do that as a nutritionist over your shoulder. Oh, you're really skinny. There was a girl who used to say I was anorexic and I wasn't. Mm. So I think over the years, it completely ingrained in me. That must have been so difficult, especially yeah. like that just a complete lack of empathy. From him, yeah, and, real and lack from of empathy. A position like he's got duty of care for you as one of his I don't know, athletes. Yeah, one of one of his athletes yeah. got such a duty of care, and just like nah, just have a multi celebration. Like, of course they're nice, but like they're not. I remember just nutritious. being like, <laughs> I don't understand what you're trying to do. Like, force me to eat chocolate and be like, it's okay. It's that. It's that kind of attitude. It's yeah. like the alpha male. It's like, oh, you just do it, and then it's done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's literally and, what it was. And then that's that's it. Job done. Like, you don't mm. need to speak about that ever again he's like basically like what he was saying at the time was i don't have the capacity for that like we don't do that which is which is such a bollocks thing in sport and stuff like that because i feel like i have had my relationship to sport ruined because i was in the marines when i left school and then kept getting injured i was forced to go to the gym every day for three hours like in the rehab section so as soon as i came out i was like i never want to step foot in the gym again yeah i just hate it and it's weird how like Obviously, when you repeat a behaviour so much, like you would have done maybe for like four months or maybe yeah. for like the last year of swimming where you're like, like your your eating behaviour was potentially had like some red flags in it. Yeah, completely. And like for me, like I'd be going to the gym just hating every moment of it. And it's just like spanned into my like later life. Like these little things have knock on effects. Yeah, I think do. something so serious is like, what you're actually eating and what you're putting into the body and like how much your body's holding on to. So like all of your nutrition for someone to just like dismiss that is absolutely mental. Yeah. Um, how have you channeled like that into your like coaching? Is it something that you're quite aware of as in like, are you trying to be the change you want to see in the world? Yeah, I think so. It's really hard because there's, there's this level where, I'm not technically, I'm not qualified to help someone with an eating disorder. You have to have separate qualifications. Yeah. Just as. Well, it's like mental health qualifications. Yeah, mental yeah. health quali- qualifications. If you're a personal trainer, you can't advise on injury, go and see a physio, X, Y, and Z. However, a lot of the clients that I do have come to me with some sort of, they don't have eating disorders because I have to refer them, but they're not comfortable with how they feel when they eat food, they have food guilt yeah. or food anxiety is quite a big one, which I used to significantly have. I'd like go out, God, like what should I get off the menu? I'm not 100% sure what to get. And mm. it's having that relationship with my clients. And I actually only coach girls one-to-one okay. just because 
I'm a woman yeah. and I feel like I can coach women really, really well in terms of strength training, in terms yeah. of empowerment, in terms of nutritional advice and feeling themselves and yeah. feeling better because it's not always about what you look like. Yeah. A lot of people like, I just want to be able to go for dinner and yeah. feel okay about that. I want to be able to not feel anxious if I go for food. I want to not have gym anxiety, Yeah, for example, which they're all massive factors. And I feel like I'm a really good support for those girls who are going yeah. through whatever it is. There's so, I mean, there's so many different things yeah. that people can go through. Oh, especially around the gym. Like you said, it's, like, yeah. it's food. It's actually being in the gym. Yeah. It's, it's all of that. Do you think, like, coming from a sports background... Like, did you see a lack of women in sport? Like, when you were coming up, was it quite male dominated, or is swimming quite equal? I would say for swimming, it is quite equal. Actually, yeah. I think it's more so the sports of like football, rugby, golf, and yeah. things like that, where it's quite male dominant. Yeah, and there's also the whole argument. I mean, I don't know too much about the whole pay gaps and things like that. I know it's like significant in some sports, yeah. like rugby and football and things like that. I I never experienced that in swimming. I yeah. think it's a very equal sport, to be honest. Did you get paid in swimming? Yeah, yeah. you get like funding. Again, it's like I mean, it's not a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's not a, a lot of money, which is what a lot of people do consider when they go to be a full time athlete. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of money in swimming. Yet, there's millions in like football and golf, tennis. Yeah. There's a lot in in there's those sports. Loads of money. There's loads oh, of money in those sports. So it's it was also quite difficult because. With the level that I was at, it's not like yeah. you like, couldn't you live off that. You wish you were good at something else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish I was good at something else. Yeah. Which is also really hard. But I, there wasn't a gender divide no. when I swam, not even when I was training. Love training with the guys. Like, I'm super competitive, so it was always fun to yeah. race against them and do different things. I never experienced it. It was when I moved away from swimming, I saw more of a divide in terms of fitness and the stigma with yeah. women and muscles or women in the gym, however you want to perceive it, it's still there now. Yeah. It's, it's not gone. No. Well, I think, like, the whole sexism thing, I'm conscious, like, because my last four podcasts, have, I've been talking about, like, sexism and stuff like this, but I want, I want to know, like, as a woman, have you had a lot fewer, like, do you have any men approaching you to, like, be coached before you went, like, women only? Yeah, yeah, loads. And in comparison to like Ben, your partner, for him having like females approach him for training, is it kind of equal numbers? Yeah, so he coaches guys and girls. Yeah, and I don't know. Yet to be fair, I don't know if more guys would approach me now. I don't know this this whole idea of I don't want to be coached by a woman yeah. or a girl. I don't really have a massive opinion on it. I'm just like each to their own. Yeah, fair. Yeah, you do you. I personally will want to be coached by Ben yeah there's no reason behind that I just love his training yeah so I'd get him to do it but then there's probably someone out there Wait, so you're coached by I'm coached ben. by Ben are you really yeah which is hilarious and who's he coached by he was coached by a guy called Cal okay he's not with him anymore but that was like very bodybuilder focus however I kind of coached myself as well because if Ben's yeah. like written something I'm like yeah I'm not really sure about that today I'm just gonna write my own session Okay, how important is it to be like on a program? Because I think I'm Ooh, like, that's a very I am. Good question. I'm terrible with this stuff. Like honestly, when I went to the gym today, I was there for like 20 minutes. I'm doing it as a like 
trying to build the habit of like I'll go there for ten mm-hmm. minutes just so that I can build it. And like I said, like I'm I used to be like mad strong when I was like when I was like eighteen, I could deadlift like two hundred kilos, and I could squat like mad heavy front oh squats and stuff like this. And that now, honestly, if I deadlifted hundred kilos, which I have done recently, like oh, it's just painful. And like for the next few days, like I'm I'm in bits. Serious stones. Like, yeah, it's, it's not enjoyable at all. So like, how important would it be for someone like like me or someone who knows about the gym enough to be like, oh, this will be like my split, and I'll I'll put these here. Is it more important for like that person to have a program, or it's just like wing it themselves? Oh my god, I think I don't think people realize how humans are creatures of habit. And they like to follow things and we like routine. Even if you're well laid back and you're just super calm about life, you still have some sort of structure and routine. So if you arrive at a gym and you just arrive and you look, you're walking around, you're looking around, you feel like a lemon because you don't know what you're doing and that can, can like cause anxiety, it can cause a bit of stress, thinking, okay, I'll do leg press. You look at leg press, someone's on it. And it's these unnecessary thoughts in your head. I literally had that today. Yeah, and (laughs) you can feel, you instantly feel like stressed or pressure or whatever. And also, a lot of people have fitness goals, whether it's weight loss, confidence, improve the mental health, fat loss, building muscle, whatever it is. Yeah. Having a program is going to help. It's not going to hinder. Yeah, it's very true. Obviously, if you've chose the wrong personal trainer and they're running you into the ground and they're doing some bullshit you see on Instagram or whatever, yeah, yeah, probably maybe you've picked the wrong trainer. If you choose the right coach and the right trainer who's there to help you and actually support you, like human interaction, have a nice communication conversation with them, you're going to see better results. They might not be faster. I'm not saying that. I'm I'm not about this two week no, crash no. course thing it could it could be three or four months of those progressions but you're going in okay what am I doing today oh cool I've got this oh I'll switch those two exercises round actually because someone's using that yeah oh last week I did this weight oh I write down what I did this week so it's more so having that structure and knowledge and I guess it help it does help your overall knowledge yeah. of knowing how to do something oh what is this benefiting yeah and like le- I guess like learning to enjoy it a bit more as well if you know more about something a lot of the time you enjoy it a bit more as well yeah i thought maybe i've just made that up do you nah, know what no i feel mean? i feel, I feel like it helps learning. you get involved in it like it helps get involved in it yeah so at the moment i don't really like living in london i'm new to london i've been here for like three months now and i'm getting to the point where i'm like oh this actually sucks but i've got to be here until July where are you from year. i'm from dorset it's so like down okay down on the coast, but like I've lived in Bali in Australia over the last couple oh. of years. So like it's not, it's, it's, it's not quite Clapham, is it? A bit different, yeah. yeah. Um, but I was like, right, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy a book on London trees. Trees? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Because I was like, because it's so not interesting. It is so like, it's just trees, right? It's not that cool. But, you know, like when you're younger and a load of older people have like these weird, obscure hobbies i yeah. feel like like tra- like train when people make trains maybe not as far as trains but that's <laughs> like that's me judging yeah. judging that um but i'm thinking maybe trees can be my thing that make me enjoy london a little bit more yeah because apparently it's the largest urban jungle in the world could could be made up i can imagine that there's so many parks there's lots of squirrels, so many lots parks, of parks. Yeah. i've currently enjoyed none of my walks so far around clapham common but like i'm getting there and the more I learn about it, the more I'm going to enjoy it, I'm sure. Yeah. 
and that's I, you can apply it to fitness. That's why that's relevant, by the way. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> you make you made my point a lot more clear because even for example, let's do like a, a deadlift. Mm. You you new to the gym, it's like oh my god, but then you start to get better. We're humans. We love a bit of an applaud for ourselves, like pound yeah. the back. You're getting better or you're getting stronger. And I have that feeling with running at the moment. I love running. Yeah. I love improving. I love getting better. I love trying different things. So hopefully people can do that when they do have a set program and they find a trainer or a person who they gel with yeah. and who they get along with and who they vibe off. Because I'm, I'm almost old on it. Like I do like... I'm selling you into my coaching. I, yeah, and I yeah. know so yeah. many like coaches as well. Like a lot of my friends are fitness coaches, and I'm like, oh, no, fuck your programs, they're lame. Even though they're definitely not, and yeah. they like they make quite a handsome living off of it. Like yeah. I'm sure you do all right from yours, like because you're good. Yeah. But, and then there'll be someone like me there who like kind of learned about the gym by reading Mental Health News <laughs> 18. And it's like oh, I don't fucking need these lot. This is <laughs> bullshit. And then just go to the gym and just hate everyone there. Yeah. And it's not a good person to be. So that's well, you're like, being more prejudiced about the whole. Yeah. gym thing probably because you're pinning it to more of like a bad experience that you've previously yeah. had because i used to be because you used to be guy. that guy i'm like oh, i hate that guy yeah hate old ed <laughs> which people would tell me off saying but <laughs> it's 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 just like one of those things i'm interested in that i'd be a fool not to ask you uh, your opinion on it and like mm. why people should have one and i think well it'll be one of the i'll put it on my list of long things yeah that you I can need add to it do. to the list yeah um how long have you been doing crazy things on YouTube for? Ooh, like yeah, training crazy. like these mad athletes? How, I, I think, do you know what? Actually, someone asked me this question the other day, so I know the exact answer. It's 14 months Is it since I've been doing it, yeah. Did COVID make you mad? It did, yeah. actually, yeah. <laughs> That's that. I think the very first one I did, I trained like a Navy SEAL. Yeah. And I did that in the very first lockdown because I was getting really bored of YouTube I just felt I was there's only so much you can vlog around your house. Couldn't yeah. go out. It was the time where it was one walk a day. I was like, well, I did a what I eat in a day last week and I did a training at home and I did one about COVID and I didn't want my content to be so focused around home yeah. training and COVID and illness because I generally think it was really, really a hard, difficult period for so many people for different reasons. I really struggled with my mental health and I was yeah. like, I'm really not enjoying YouTube. Let's try something a bit new. And then I realized people loved watching that content. Yeah. I guess it's a little bit different because I was training like guys as well. Yeah. And I've not seen other girls. I did like The Rock and Zac Efron and Mark Wahlberg. I and feel like it's real old like, school YouTube vibes. It is. Like I feel like people yeah. aren't doing it anymore, but they no. used to like the, I've yeah. recently seen it's Mo Farah was recent and, oh, and Mo Farah's was awful I can't say a name but Emma, Emma Raducanu yeah. yeah so like tennis are yeah. you are you any good at tennis no, absolutely terrible yeah to be fair though I give myself a bit of credit because I could hit it yeah and I could do the like the smash the smash serve yeah, yeah. I'm actually going with Fliss tomorrow she's oh, taking nice. me to tennis yeah but she was like you called the net offense three times in your video <laughs> i was like that is so fucking embarrassing <laughs> so let's go and do some proper tennis like i wear the you know the bluetooth roadie mics mm. where you can connect so you could hear me playing tennis the whole time and i was like fuck oh it's hit the fence oh, and i was like it's a net lucy but no i really enjoy the content i think that's a big thing for youtube you have it's quite difficult yeah. like it's you put a lot of time into these videos. It could be like a week you're doing like a whole video or whatever it is. 
the editing, putting it out there, doing this and that. If you're not enjoying it, yeah, it's probably the same as doing a podcast, and we'd be the same. If we weren't enjoying doing our podcast, yeah, yeah, we wouldn't do it. So I, I had to change something. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same. Like if I'm not enjoying something, I won't do it. And I've I've tried recently to like do little videos for YouTube. Like the other day, I tried to meditate for ten hours in a day. And ten hours. I didn't do it. Like I've, I've, I've I mean, I failed technically, but like I shouldn't say that about myself. Like I did really well to what, even so try. What did you do? For so I sat in my room, uh, which is just down the hall, and I sat there for fifteen minutes. Then sat there for thirty. Then forty-five. Then ninety. And then two hours, and then I was midway through in the two and a half hour meditation, and I was like, I can't do this. That's a really long time, though. It is so long to be sat still. What, um, what was the... Uh, what was why? The drive behind doing that, It was like yeah. a miniature like intervention. Like I said, like I uh, haven't been like in London. Like My mental health, more recently, just hasn't been that good. And you know sometimes when you're just like sad? And yeah. I think sometimes there are people that feel sad and they'll feel sad for months and there are people who never experienced that ever in their life and like sometimes you say it to them like oh so you know when, you know when you're just sad for like three months like no I don't know that yeah oh bollocks I thought everyone was like that I'm in one of those zones at the moment where just unenthused so I was like well I'm sure I could get some clarity if I just sat there for 10 hours in one day didn't go on my phone didn't do anything and oh my god did I not get clarity but it was one of those times where you kind of prove you you're collecting evidence that you can do something. Yeah. And even though I fell short of the ten and a half hours, doing six and a half hours of meditation in a day is six times more than I've ever done in my life. Yeah. It's and a lot. Like I just proved because you just focus on like this little imagine I've got a Hitler moustache here, which of course I don't, everyone. Um you just focus on that area and just bring bring yourself back to it, which is a different type of meditation to the ones I've ever done before. And it was just really difficult. And I, every I time I brought hard. myself back to my, like, this part of my face, I was like, wow, well done, Ed. Like, you could have given up. You could have given up. So do you, do you meditate a lot? I, I can't. Uh, yeah, I've meditated I'm, every day for, like, the last oh. 540 days, maybe. Wow. That's like, it's not even that I love it. Sometimes I hate it, but I just know how much of a purpose it serves in my life. Wow, that's really interesting because I'm yeah. the complete opposite. I really, really wanted to be able to feel something from it because I got a therapist mm. in the first year of lockdown. I've had one before, but that was more so for like the eating disorder. Yeah. This one was was for my anxiety and like quite mild OCD. Yeah. And she was like, have you tried meditation? I was like, yeah, I tried it for honestly like six months. And for me, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't really, because some people it generally doesn't work and that's okay. I'm quite kinesthetic. I'm very my my mind's very busy. I need to be doing things. So um you can get like visual kinesthetic and Is it touchy. Listen. Yeah. yeah. Touchy. Like yeah. you can probably tell from the podcast I'm very like, yeah, hey. Yeah. Or you can be visual listening. And when I used to learn in school, I was very, oh, let's hands on, let's do something. Yeah. So I couldn't sit very well with my thoughts because the anxious thoughts would overtake well, it and I couldn't Yeah. Yeah. And it it, I'd feel worse after it and she was like you don't need to do that mm. and I was like oh I thought I did because everyone says you have to meditate to feel better or you have to do this you have to do that she's like it's okay if it doesn't work for you that's it's not a problem but I thought there was something wrong with me because I couldn't I couldn't sit with my thoughts and I yeah. couldn't meditate but put me out on a walk 
listening to a podcast, I'm sorted. I'll come yeah. back and my anxiety won't be there. And that's something that I still have to do now. Yeah, that's nice. I think it's important that that's noted. It's like the stuff that's meant to work doesn't always yeah, work. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, people yeah. get so frustrated. But like, I'm so... I'm so bad at it. Like, I'm trying to do more steps at the moment. Like I said, like, I've done 15,000. I've been getting my average that's for years, like, lot. three. 15,000 a day? Yeah. That's really good. Like I'm, like, I'm really trying to do it at the moment. I'm like, this makes me feel no better, but, like, maybe in three or four weeks it will. Yeah. But at the end of three or four weeks, if it doesn't, like, I'm not going to keep gonna trying to, like, shove yeah. a square peg in a round hole. Like, yeah. it's it just doesn't matter like that. But how, how did you find therapy? I really enjoyed therapy. Yeah, I think it got to the stage it's where... It's weird that you really enjoy it. Like, sometimes, like, did you did you hate it as well as really Oh, I hated it, it and yeah, enjoyed yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, absolutely. There was there was some bits where I was like, I can't be asked for this, I can't do it. Or before the session, I was like, I just want to cancel it. Mm. Because mine were all via Zoom because of lockdown. Yeah. And the first session, I felt really quite awkward because I'm like, I'm sat at a computer screen and the point of me to get away from my anxiety, because I got... I got, when did I get diagnosed with anxiety? Probably like three years ago. Mm. I was like, the point is to get away from my laptop, but now I'm talking to someone through a laptop and I couldn't get my head around it, but obviously COVID. And that was just the situation I was in. Yeah. When I was in my sessions, she knew I was like kinesthetic. So she'd get this little whiteboard up and she'd be drawing on it as we That's were amazing. talking through. And she just really understood how I felt. And... I don't know if you've ever had this before and it's one of those things where everyone should open up about mental health and talk to friends and partners or whatever. But sometimes it's it's nice to talk to someone who doesn't know you. Yeah. Who doesn't know anything about my life. I can tell them how I'm feeling. I can tell Ben how I'm feeling. I yeah. tell Ben everything. But sometimes I just want to speak to someone else. You never, like as much as people say, like, oh, I tell my partner, partner everything, like, don't tell them everything no. because human minds are wild and they throw up loads of different yeah. things that like you don't even mean but you think sometimes yeah and that's why like having a therapist is amazing i say this, like this podcast sponsored by better help everyone head to betterhelp.com forward slash need to read get 10 percent <laughs> off of your first month um and that's like online therapy and people are like also oh, what's the difference between face-to-face and online it's like it so depends on therapists. You can have a therapist that makes it feel like you're in their home and sat in yeah, their that's what like, I felt therapy like. room. Yeah, which is so nice. And sometimes people just don't get on with it. Mm-hmm. It's like you with meditation. Like therapy just doesn't work for some yeah. people because they're not like willing to receive, which I think is maybe a troublesome thing to say because it makes people feel that they're not doing something right. But sometimes you're just not in the zone for it yeah i've had it before where i lied to my therapist like five sessions in a row about doing a mindful eating of a raisin a mindful eating mindful eating of a raisin Ooh. it's like you take like two minutes to eat a raisin and it's meant to be like bringing you like mindful like into the zone it's because i was eating a, uh, like a share bag of maltese every night for about two months and i was like i feel like this could be a problem but like because i wasn't visibly like putting on weight yeah, like it yeah, wasn't yeah. an issue but like 260 grams of Maltesers is not good every day. It's yeah, like it's probably just something to... Slightly excessive, yeah. Yeah, a little bit more. But anyway, I was having to do this mindful eating of a raisin and uh, I just didn't do it. And every session she was like, how was it? I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, um, oh. Yeah, it was It was all right. It was weird. Yeah, and just being just... really general about it because I hadn't done it. Um, but yeah, I think you have to be so willing to be vulnerable when you, when you go into therapy. I think it's... It can be hard sometimes. Like I was quite held back on a few of the things because we were trying to 
basically in lockdown, I'm quite obsessive with cleaning anyway. It got really, really bad in lockdown because we were locked in the house yeah. and I was re- I was cleaning. We worked out for three hours of the day at different points of the day. The total was three hours a day. Fuck. It was, re- and I, it's, it's hard to explain like the level of OCD. Like I'm not at all high on it. Like really not. I was like just on. It's a like, spectrum, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, just like, on and it. And people have different things. Like, yeah, they I, have like ticks. I have it with thoughts. Whereas like not with how tidy stuff is. Ah. So like I will take a thought that is just a, like a normal thought that, yeah. that just like pops up and I'm like, well, that's the most profound thing ever. And then my head will be like, should we go? And I'm like, yeah, fuck it, all right. And then my head just starts zooming around this one oh thought God. and goes down a massive rabbit hole. And I'll have just zoned out and be like, oh my God, my life is a fucking mess. Yours is like a <laughs> mindset one yeah. rather than like a physical, because mine's quite physical, like yeah. the cleaning. And I had this thing where I still have it a bit now. If my car keys were in my pocket, I couldn't take my hands off them. And I checked my alarm 10 times before bed. So it was these little things that yeah. were really annoying me and they were really irritable. And like some sessions she was like, how was it with the like the homework we set you last week with checking the alarm? I was like, yeah, fine, I didn't do it in my head. I was like, oh my God, you like 20 times. Yeah. And it's really hard sometimes because you feel a bit embarrassed. Yeah. But there's nothing. there was nothing to feel embarrassed about as I started to open up more. I was like, I checked it like 10 times again. And she was like, it's okay, like it's a process. It's, don't beat yourself up yeah how nice is it like how nurturing they are like yeah. there's no like, like you're looking not good after enough. It's me like, hey it doesn't matter that you've like messed up that's absolutely yeah. fine everyone does yeah. that you're like you kidding me I everyone's know. like this yeah oh and you just appre- you appreciate the the kindness because sometimes yeah. at that point in my life i needed that kindness from someone else yeah i needed just to speak to someone else i needed to zone out and she was so lovely. I stopped it after about, I did it for a really long time, actually. It must have been 10 months. Mm. I was doing it two a week. I mean, all, the one thing two that weeks, is... Two really, weeks, like, that's a real commitment Yeah, every yourself. two well weeks. Thank you. Yeah. I did, I, I find it quite hard. I don't know how to articulate myself. I think therapy, therapy can be quite expensive mm. um, for a lot of people. Me and Ben spoke about this in a podcast. And it's trying to find ways some people to be more accessible to it yeah. and I don't truly know the answer to that obviously there's loads of things you can do you can read you can walk you can find different therapies but even for me I was like god this is getting really really expensive it was like 200 it's, 300 pounds yeah I was like oh I I don't know it, like I really I don't understand do you know what I mean it's yeah. just a difficult one because some people like that be like, so I spend almost 400 quid a month on therapy and like I hate doing that. I know how annoying it is to spend three or four hundred pounds or something, but I just understand like how worth it is to me right now and how like when I'm 40, I won't have to do it. Yeah, that was my, hopefully. That was my thought process. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm getting it out of the way now, doing that like investment in myself for a few years. And like, I mean, I go every session, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have to do this for way more years than just a few. But um, like, it's just, it's it's nice to know that you're doing something for future years. Absolutely. And it like, Delayed, wow, delayed gratification is great in there. If you're on a training program, if you're going to therapy, if you're reading a book, any sort of practice of delayed gratification is going to be a positive thing. Yeah. It? And also it's an investment in yourself. Like I was mm. like, this is a complete investment for me. Yeah. I'm doing it for myself, which is probably why I did it for so long. And I'll, I'll probably pick it back up again because I've, yeah. I've had a really difficult time recently. Like my mum was in an accident. Oh, shit, my dad's that. coming up with a hip replacement and I'm 
just like really overwhelmed. Yeah. And Ben was like, just go back to that woman. I was like, do you know what? I think I will. Yeah. Because why not? It's pro. Sometimes you just know. Yeah. I was like, this is probably the right time to go back and talk to someone again. Yeah. And and I think it does come in waves. Definitely. Well, for me personally, it comes in waves. I could be, okay, we'll do 10 months or take like five months off. And then, oh, do you know what? I'm going to go back to her. Yeah. Because she really helped me. And I'm going to invest in myself again. Well, it's, it, and you're very fortunate to have found one that you're on with as yeah. well. Because like a lot of people, that they just can't seem to get on with their first, third or twelfth therapist. Like yeah. It's just really difficult She's for my them. third, yeah. I think. I tried two others. The first one face-to-face like three years ago. Yeah. It was really lovely, but just no. second one I tried online, not at all. And then this one was lovely. I'm like, I mean... A lot of mine was to do with pressure from social media as well. Yeah. And bless her, she spell she spells YouTube with a U oh, and I then love Tube. That. I don't think she knows what YouTube is. And I was like, I think it makes me feel better that she's she doesn't, she doesn't know exactly Lucy know. Davis. Yeah. She yeah. doesn't know Lucy Davis fit. She doesn't know any of that. She knows a girl who's under a lot of pressure. She owns two businesses. She has really bad anxiety and she's not coping very well. Yeah. What can we do to help her? It's not she's this new tube, like yeah. Just to interrupt things very quickly here, if therapy is something that you are considering based on that conversation or something that you've been considering for a while, then just know as a need to read listener, you get 10% off of your first month of online therapy with BetterHelp. All you'd have to do is head to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read go through about 10 minute questionnaire on there and you are matched with a therapist within 48 hours. As we were talking there, you may not find the right therapist straight away. With BetterHelp, they do take that into account and you can change counsellors for free at any time that you like. So if you take your personal development seriously and therapy is going to be something that you put into your personal development routine or structure, then head to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read. It honestly is one of the best things I've ever done for my mental health and is just provided so much clarity around my life. So it's betterhelp.com forward slash need to read and that is in the description of the episode for you now back to the conversation i feel like there's like a pressure that comes with being on social media anyway like showing up every day if you feel like shit and like i just want to start making jokes about how bad the world is and how we're all fucked and how it's like <laughs> everyone needs to just like love their family now because it won't be long till the machines come like <laughs> And I'm so aware that saying that stuff is like, it's probably not that good. And I I know that I won't even think it in like two weeks time. So when I'm feeling sad and I'm trying to show up on social media, like I find it really difficult. Really difficult. And I imagine for you, like with more of a following and like across different platforms as well, it must be hard to be consistent. Like, well, when you're authentic, it's not hard to be consistent, but like just to have people noticing the nuance in your behavior from like video to video if you're feeling like shit must be really frustrating yeah completely like I love what I do and I'm definitely spread along platforms like Instagram and YouTube are my main I'm now like enjoying TikTok a bit more because I found a bit of a niche in it yeah but then I run a podcast and own two businesses and it's like whoa you're doing a lot yeah and two weeks ago having a really bad time I had to message like my all my managers for the like Gymshark and my I was like, look, I really need to be off social media. I just I, was like, I can't I can't post. I was like, yeah. I just need to take a step back. And for me, I've learned that's what's the best thing for me to do because I'm I don't really like 
fake positivity. No. I wasn't sharing what was going on because my mum hadn't shared it yet. Yeah. So I wasn't, I was kind of off the grid. Yeah, because when you say something is going on in your life, all of the people who don't know you that follow you will notice that and like send you messages and and not that those people don't matter but you don't feel you have to reply to those people but also then your friends and your family friends who follow you because they're polite and they want to support you well then be like well is lucy okay yeah what's happened and it was there was just like this is probably the first time where i really just had to just be off social media like i deleted the app for a bit i was like see you later instagram the first time i've ever done that which i think takes a lot of learning yeah I love showing up I love being online and I'm overall a very optimistic positive person if I'm having an anxious day I'll talk on story and be like look guys I'm having a really anxious day say like my anxiety is really high I'm gonna go to the gym probably not gonna talk that much on story and I'm really open about mental health whatever it is the the couple of weeks ago I was like you know what I'm just gonna have to delete the app yeah because I'm not showing up being like, hi guys, feeling a, feeling a little bit anxious, feeling a bit shit about myself. It's look, everyone fuck off. I can't deal with anyone yeah. except my family right now. So I just need to take time for myself. And there was hundreds of messages being like, like if you deleted the app and deleted Instagram and I just left it to the side and I felt good about that. Yeah. And probably in future, that was a really good lesson for me to delete the app when I need to. And nothing bad's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, literally, no one's going to die. No one's going like, to die. Nothing bad's going to happen to me. Everyone and everything and your job is still there. Yeah. After those two weeks. After that week when you get back of prioritising something else. Yeah. But I think that's a learning curve from working on social media, dealing with all the negatives that come with it, because there are a lot of negatives, like trolls or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, okay, take a break. Take a breather. And then go back to it, but yeah. it, that was a really, really big learning curve for me. It's um, it's a difficult world out there. The fact that we're all just addicted to Instagram, like we are yeah. all so we are rel- addicted and, to Instagram, and, like, reliant on it. Like I am literally like Instagram's my daddy. Like yeah. I've got a, I've it, got when a it went down, serve it. You're the yeah. day. But like I wasn't, but like I, that's where I haven't been posting much. Like, I didn't really realize it was down. Mm. It's like I was just sat in, like, reading, went on WhatsApp and then Googled, like, oh, WhatsApp not working, and then saw it. I knew WhatsApp first. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, oh. That's weird. That's quite nice. Like, I just get an opportunity (laughs) to not be on my phone, like, have an excuse for it. So that was was pretty sound. Um, But, like, so you've you've obviously had a journey in terms of, like, going through your, like, mental health, leaving sport, and then also, like, more recently. And obviously the reason I'm here today is because when I met you and went on your Instagram, I saw you had a highlight on books. Yes. Is it quite like a big part of your life? Has it always been that or not really? Just like new? Quite new. Started in lockdown. Yeah. So when nice. was when was the first lockdown? Two, nah, March, two years ago. March last year. So about yeah. 18 months ago. 18 now. months yeah. ago. I felt in the morning when I was waking up, I had a really bad morning routine. I'd wake up, I'd instantly check my phone and for me, checking my phone is checking work. Yeah. Hundreds of emails, hundreds of Instagram DMs, YouTube, whatever it is. And I used to check it whilst I was in bed. And I was like, brilliant start to my day. Go upstairs, make a coffee, scroll on my phone again, feel a bit sluggish. And me and Ben both decided that we had a shit morning routine. Yeah. So we sat down and categorized our morning routine. It's spiritual, mental, physical. And there was a fourth point, like I can't remember what it is, but there's four triads yeah. in this thing. And the spiritual part is like saying your gratitudes. The physical is like, oh, drinking your morning coffee. And the mental part for me was start reading. 
like yeah. consistently. I've always enjoyed reading, but I've never been that consistent. Yeah. I was that person at uni where it's like, you're just very stuck in motion. I'll buy 10 books and they'll sit on the side and look really pretty. And I didn't, yeah, I didn't <laughs> but I wasn't reading any and yeah. I really wanted to, but I was really overwhelmed. I was like, oh, I'll buy five, I'll read a page, I'll stop. But that lockdown really changed both mine and Ben. So every morning now, we've done it for the past 18 months without fail, get up. I've probably read like 30 or 40 books since. Yeah, that's amazing. Get up, not check my phone at all, go straight upstairs, make my coffee, cafetiere, love it, sit down, read for 30 minutes, and then I'll check my phone or I'll do something else. Like in lockdown, yeah. I was also like stretching and doing mobility, listening to a bit of a podcast because... Yeah. Like what the fuck a bit else more you do. You do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's when I really realised how much I love reading. And I am an absolute bookworm, but I don't read... Is it non-fiction or fiction? I, I don't read stories. That's fiction, yeah. Okay, I don't read fiction. Why? I, I, I prefer... And it's not about self-development. However, the only books that I read are ones that I can... About take ideas, something away from things. ideas yeah. about things where it's business whatever it is you've got my favorite book on the shelf the chimps paradox as well okay. so example of that book love it yeah if i'm reading a story for me personally my sister's the opposite mm. she will just read stories i feel like i'm wasting a bit of my own time because really? i don't need to escape in a book i love yeah. what i do outside of the book yeah. i don't need if i'm on holiday maybe I read Sapiens. I don't know if you've got that. Oh, long. That was a really long book. And it was really, yeah. God, that was a really long book. Read that a bit on holiday. I read, I can't even think what storybooks I've read because I just, I can't really. Can't get into it. Yeah, but also it's just, I prefer. Do you know what it is? Yeah. I think it's just I prefer books that have ideas for me, business, yeah. marketing, like the Why We Sleep book, Chimps Paradox. Just love it. I yeah. really, really enjoy them. Just like learning about, yeah, a bit of some like ideas and concepts ideas. and different things that like mm. may help or might just be good to know. Yeah, yeah. But then again, I think it's I want to be able to read stories and yeah. enjoy them. Maybe before bed to help me drift off and actually switch switch my head off. What kind of right? So I do this thing on Instagram sometimes and, and in the podcast as well called the Book Doctor. Um, where I'm like, right, tell me what your issue is and I'll give you a book. Because all my life, like, I just, I'm, I'm unfortunately consistently just making judgments about people and what books I think they should read. That's I can't, a like, great I, skill I haven't, to have. Uh, because I've been, like, focusing on asking you questions. Like, I haven't necessarily been like, oh, well, you need to read this book. <laughs> you need to read that. Um, but, like, let's think about films that you watch and I'm going to try and get a book for you in my head that I can give you today. Um, oh, this is really exciting. Films? Yeah. Like, well, because cause story is story, right? Okay. It's, whether it's film, whether it's TV, like what are your favourite? My favourite films? Oh, yeah. these are these are a bit of a shitstorm in terms of, okay, so Moana, yeah. I mean, that'd probably be really just out there. Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. And The Greatest Showman. So we've got really, really yeah. Shit so basically, mix. these are all musicals. Like, well, it's you've got like the Disney kind of vibe because it mm. reminds me of childhood. Great Showman Moana, yeah, makes me really happy. Bohemian Rhapsody because I love Queen. Yeah, and then Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings, absolute fangirl. I have the gold ring at home. 
Okay. Probably shouldn't admit that, but I do. I don't know. You so they're, they're my... Um, well, because basically all, all down there are my novels and... Mm. Do you do you have grandparents? I do. Do you like them? I love my grandparents. Yeah. Okay. Oh, don't get me, but that's going to make me cry about them. Though. Nah, nah, nah. nah. <laughs> but I'm just thinking like nostalgic old people. Or have you read the Midnight Library? It's it's almost becoming no, a bit of not. like a dirty book now. It's not a dirty Ooh. book. <laughs> it's um it's by Matt Haig, okay. who's written like quite a few non-fiction books, but it's just about for like here you go. The main character was a professional swimmer. I love that. So it might be relevant, and I'm okay. more than happy to give you that copy. I'm pretty sure oh. it's not a signed one. Let me check before. Look at this. I'm g- oh, do you know what I also like with books? I'm I'm that person who also picks books based on their cover. Yeah, it's a lovely I like cover. So much. It's <coughs> a gorgeous cover. Um, so oh my book. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to a coffee shop after this and start reading this. The whole world has loved that. Like it's now sold. Like it came out last year. And it completely reframed regret for me all the way through. Really? And it's a novel. It's not even about okay, so regret. This, is, this isn't so this is, a real, this, this isn't is based show on you, facts. No, this is completely made up. This is going to show you, essentially, how you can emotionally attach to a character in a storybook. You can, like, not want to stop turning the pages and you can learn all of the life lessons that that character learns. I'm really them, excited without having to go through any of the shit that they actually have to go through. And also, it's I love it when people recommend me books mm. because it. T- if I was going off now to try and find a novel, I wouldn't even know where to start. Yeah. So I can start with this. Well, I'm starting now to like go into bookshops again because like you can do that nowadays. Yeah, I it's love crazy. going into Waterstones. I like. Okay. I feel like a real virtue signal. <laughs> like I feel like <laughs> I'm just doing it. To like tell everyone that I don't shop at Amazon when really ninety percent of my books come from Amazon, and I just love convenience, and yeah, I'm yeah. the reason the world's going to end. Um, but I love like trying to find novels mm-hmm. now in in bookstores, and I've found some really good ones recently. One called Adults by someone I don't know the name of, but it is brilliant about like a tragic kind of Bridget Jones esque but modern era, obs- and she's obsessed with someone on Instagram, the main character. Oh, isn't that modern? Very modern. That's really modern. So, like, I found that book, and I I didn't even Google it for the reviews. I went there, and I bought it without looking at reviews, and I felt really pretty, like, pleased that's with myself. A good, that's a good thing to do, because like, I'm base, so vintage doing stuff yeah. like that, you know? <laughs> because, do you know what I find sometimes? I really want to read a book, and I've been, like, recommended it, and then I look at the reviews, and I'm like, oh, they're not that good. Yeah. And it'll put me off, but I will, I will still read it anyway, and, most of them I've absolutely loved. And I'd, and it's the same with movies. Ben always goes on Rotten Tomatoes and he's like, it's got a really low percentage. I'm like, yeah, well, so like. has Legend. And that's a really good film. And that's yeah. got like 32% on Rotten Tomatoes. So let's not... Really? Yeah. Can you believe that? How Tom ridiculous. Hardy. Yeah. He so, called me a cunt. He called you a he cunt? He called me a cheeky cunt, yeah. When? I got, when I was um, in the Marines, he served me Christmas dinner. And I was like, oh, you were taller in back, man. And he was like, oh, you cheeky cunt. And I was like, hi, how aren't I telling <laughs> <laughs> you? cheeky bastard. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my God, I literally yeah. thought you were joking then. Oh, no, 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 that is legit. That is like, a great time. I say that all the time. I tell Absolutely. everyone. I would, I would tell everyone that. Yeah. I'd have it in my freaking Instagram bio. <laughs> so much. Literally. Um, so, yeah, so I, I hope you enjoy that, yeah, honestly, because it is such a good book and it is. I'm excited. Changed the, like, 
I think it's probably changed quite a lot of people's lives. I think books can do that though. Yeah. I've definitely, seriously, The Chimps Paradox is amazing for people who struggle with anxiety, I think, because it's about, you, you know, your two brains, your computer and your chimp. And sometimes, you once you've read the book, you can understand why you act in certain ways, like why yeah. you act like a dick sometimes or why you've said something without thinking about it. And since, I've read it three times now. Have you? Yeah. And well, he's Hammond got a new one coming good. out. Have you? Has he? Yeah, Steve Peters. He was on... Um, oh, amazing. Bartlett's podcast the other day, talking about it. Oh, I think I'll it's out in October. That. So you're, yeah. Exciting. You'll be liking that. So you like Chimp Paradox, Why We Sleep. Yeah, Atomic Habits Atomic is a great Habits. book. Yeah, I feel like as a um, coach... Like Atomic Habits is really good, actually, from... I recommend that to a lot of personal trainers, so people on the My Coach School... Mm. We have a lot of personal trainers because there's like a really great learn section. Yeah. And w- I always recommend books to people, love doing it. And Atomic Habits is one that you can apply to everyday life. Like that helped me and Ben pick our morning routine really well. Yeah. Because it's like create this habit over a period of time, make it easy for it's yourself, easy, it? Yeah. do it this way. So yeah, that's a fantastic book. And I also really like, there's The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yeah. Really good if you care too much about what people think. Yeah. Significantly, which is what I do. So that's a really good book. And then Unfuck Yourself. Oh, they've all got some yeah. words in. Oh, swearing. Oh, is that um, some Scottish bloke, Gary, someone? Unfuck yeah. Yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen that before. As a as a as like a coach and as someone, a coach who coaches coaches, mm. um, get How to Change by Katie Milkman. Our show, How our to Change. Yeah. Again, oh, yeah, stunning oh, cover. Look at that. Yeah, it's beautiful. I'll take a little pic of um, that before I leave. It's essentially Atomic Habits, but like more in depth. Okay. Like about the proper science of behavior change. So yeah. for like you to know it will be brilliant because there'll be little nuggets you can like oh, give out to people that you're coaching. Yeah. Um, so like a strong case for people having a mentor or a coach is like um, if you look at Alcoholics Anonymous, you know how they have sponsors there. No. Okay, so alcoholics. So, say you turn up to alcoholic, alcoholics anonymous yeah. today, and you're like, "Oh, hi, I'm Lucy, and I've been sober for a day." And I'm like, "Cool, well, I'm Ed, and I've been sober for like five years." Yeah. Um, I'm going to kind of be your mentor, which they would call like a sponsor. Oh, I and see. the whole point in that is so that you have someone who believes in you, and is there to like guide you back, guide like you. tug on the yeah. lead a bit if you stray from the path. And for me, I have someone who then looks up to me, which l- gives me like an elevated status and sense of importance, which ties me to the goal of being sober more. So you're oh, t- putting clever. two people together to collaborate, one being the mentor, one being the mentee, but really they're actually serving each other, not yeah. just the mentor serving the mentee. Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, and just like little things like that that I've I've learned in that book. There are so many different stories okay so about like restricting yourself when you really want to get something done um or tying your goals to like a time frame so victor hugo the guy who wrote um the hunchback of notre dame mm. he was like a massive socialite and when it came to the point like he needed to finish the hunchback of notre dame his deadline was coming up and he was just going out partying too much so he was like well i'm gonna lock all of my clothes away until i finish the book so he basically he made it like near on impossible for him to procrastinate and go out oh, by locking wow. everything away. Okay. And then for like three weeks he was just going around the house in like a bed sheet. Then he finished it and then he could go out again. So it's about like having those reward systems of like wow. you really you well, restrict that's something like an extreme you love. Example, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So like, and that's a great thing about books because like I don't 
need to remember everything mm. from house change but little stories like that oh god you can't great. you can't remember everything i think that's yeah. something i struggled with at the start i was like i've just read a chapter and i can vaguely remember something about it and that's actually okay you're not going to remember chapter one to chapter 20 and everything you're not studying for an exam life's work you're not revising well. you take nuggets from a book like i've got through some books i'm like well that was really boring like you've actually got one there which i didn't like the courage to be disliked because it is that the one which the way is it's set out. the way it's set yeah. out and I, I got to the end of it and i was like i actually don't i probably should have stopped reading it because i wasn't getting a lot from it but, but i learned i i know that now to probably just not yeah, yeah i just wasn't getting anything from it yeah but that's, that's the problem is when when people were like heading to reading a new book or something they're like right well i need to finish this like i need to finish, finish absolutely yeah. everything in it and they're trying to Firstly, you like remember everything they read, which is going to be impossible. I always say like you got to aim at like what you want to oh learn. God, yeah. Think about what you'd ask the author about like a book about stumbling on happiness. I'd be mm-hmm. like, right, what is happiness would be the one thing I want to kind of understand from that book. And how do you stumble upon it? Does that mean that you get there on purpose or does that mean that's by accident? Like how yeah. do you get to happiness? So they'd be like my three things. And if I read that 300 page book or whatever that's over there and I know the answer to those, like I'm not going to be annoyed that... I don't remember like what happened on page 172. Yeah. Or it's like, like it's try- it's trying to detach yourself from thinking you've like revising or doing a, yeah. an exam on the book. You don't you don't need to know you can always go back to it if you enjoyed a bit yeah. or whatever. You don't need to I used to hate exams. So I've probably got like a yeah. I think about them in a really bad way because my memory I just really struggled with exams. I thought they were yeah. really difficult. But I think I, when I first started reading, I had that association to reading a book. I was yeah. like, oh, I'll reread that page. I didn't take it all in. Fucking hell, Lucy, just carry yeah. on. <laughs> just who cares? Like, and, like yeah. reread pages if you really want to understand yeah, the idea. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It, like, oh, I've done that. So have, you ever, have you read Why We Sleep? Uh, I audibled it. Oh, Any okay. book like that where Confusing. I'm like, this would be nice to know, but I'm not that bothered about knowing yeah. loads of it. I'll just chuck it on Audible. And then if I'm not, oh, I actually really want to learn from that, I'll then buy the book. Yeah. Um, or I buy the book so that I can, I can very, just have it here. Yeah, and that was also ones, very pretty. Lovely. Yeah, it does. The best part of the bookshelf. It is the best <laughs> part of the bookshelf. Um, yeah, so... What if I, I can't remember what question we were on. I can't either. Out it was just about the... Out ones uh, that I hadn't actually planned. But, um, about the uh, books. <laughs> yeah, about the books. Yeah. yeah, it was one of them questions. What What has been your most like transformative personality wise nothing to do with coaching or anything like that i would say the subtle art of not giving a fuck yeah because i just from i can remember actually quite a lot from that book and for me personality wise it's something that i did need to do i needed to stop caring what people thought about me Mm. because no one not everyone's gonna love you i'm i'm a naturally a people pleaser i think part of my job makes me want to do that yeah people are gonna hate you sometimes and i and i used to not be able to deal with that very well i read his book and it's just kind of like oh not really who actually gives a a fuck yeah so sometimes it's just like detach yourself okay he commented that on your post lucy really negative post said you're like a man cool thanks so much Mm. i used to not be able to deal with that very well yeah but that book really just helped my just 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 a little perspective switch like It's actually something James Smith said, and I always remember it as well. If you're not going to take advice from someone, don't worry about what they've said about you. Yeah. 
like there's so many strangers online who say things to me that I don't agree with or they're nasty. I'm like, well, I'm not coming to you for advice. Yeah. So, sort of, well, I've not given a fuck. The best thing you can do is like, didn't ask. Yeah. Just shuts people down straight. Like, didn't ask. Oh. Yeah. Oh no, you're yeah. right. You didn't actually. Yeah. Yeah. You enough. didn't ask literally. <laughs> oh, fair enough. See you later. Yeah. Which is which is lovely. That's that's cool. Like, um, so a lot of not giving a fuck was one of my like first books I read, and it just kind of opened my eyes up to the value driven life. You know, the, like. Yeah. Yoshim Michi Mashimoto, whoever the guy was in the forest, yeah, killing those I people. I, yeah, and I was like, yeah, I won't kill people. Like, maybe I should start living by my values. And since yeah, I have, exactly. like, my life's been so much better. Which, mm. the, like, I'm thank God for Mark Manson. <laughs> He's actually written Will Smith's books. It's coming out soon. Really, which I'm buzzing for. Oh wow, that'll be because really Will good Smith's read. just one of them people. Like, he's obviously offensively happy, but it'd be nice to see like how untrue that is yeah because like i feel like when you get into autobiography like oh their life has been pretty fucked as well yeah i, I quite like autobiographies i've read shoe dog yeah I love stunning that. book Re- honestly really that was really eye-opening love that and also can't hurt me by david goggins yeah because that whole fearless element i listen to him a lot of the time when i'm doing my challenges or running Do you? so i can really like vibe with him oh see i can't vibe yeah. with david goggins I, not like, a lot of people can of, like yeah, I don't like military stuff anymore. Like oh, people are like, oh, yeah. you don't want it hard enough, and I'm like, yeah, I don't. Leave I don't, me alone, Jesus. Yeah. Like, get off my fucking. Yes, yeah, yeah, I'm the opposite. That really <laughs> that gets you. It gets going, me yeah. going. Oh, yeah, fair. I love that. So I I really enjoyed his book, and I think to be fair, they're probably the only two autobiographies that I've read. Yeah, but they love them. Very open to autobiographies. Yeah, there's one called Educated by Tara Westover. It's about an extreme Mormon family. Ooh. It's wild. Oh, like it, it's it's good. Know. Okay. It's it's pretty dark in places, it. but it's it's really good. Yeah. Um right, well that's that's pretty cool. Any other books that you would recommend people would read? Okay, this one's a bit of a rogue one. Good. And it's more so if like I'm quite business orientated, mm. rich dad, poor dad. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's quite financial literacy. Yeah, <laughs> it is very financial. And I've never read a financial book in my whole entire life except when I was studying at uni. But it just kind of put a few things into perspective. There's a few things that I don't really massively agree with. For example, I'm moving house next week. Mm. Like I'm buying my second house and he's like, don't buy houses. I'm like, yeah, fairs. So there's different things I take from it. Written in the 90s or something. Yeah, it's 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 quite like dated. But I did enjoy it because it was just quite eye-opening in terms of finance. I've never really read about it. But it was also a a really easy like finance read not like some sort of crazy thing that I'm not going to understand. It was just, I was taking little nuggets. I was like, oh, that's quite interesting. Oh, I don't agree with that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Right. Okay. But I've got my like... book doctor recommendation for you that is not a novel. Oh, okay. Psychology of Money. Oh, I've not read that. Morgan Housel, I want to say his I name think, is. I think it's on my Goodreads. Yeah. To, like, I want to read. Yeah. It's, well, it's like the best finance book that's out there now. Like, it's in date. It just breaks down every little bit about money. It's like, so like the way you think about money and I think about money will be completely different completely because different, of our yeah. experiences. But you probably think, you know, like 80% of kind of how money works. And I think I know about 80%. Where really, we know about 0.1% yeah, of how money actually works. Like it's such a, and like no one's crazy. Like where you're like, right, did you say second house? Yes, my That's really house. cool. Yeah, it's well exciting. Yeah, Thanks. that's amazing. Um, whereas I'm like, 
I couldn't think of anything worse than like attaching myself to a property yeah. like forever. Yeah. It would scare the shit out of me. I know it's not forever. You can sell it whenever. I'm not trying to scare you. Um, <laughs> but like people are so different and it just yeah, covers that completely. in such a nice way. I've, like I've definitely got it here. I won't be able to give it to you, but I can show it to you. Um, I need to so take loads of pictures of them. Yeah, yeah. Or I can just put them on my little um, Goodreads yeah. app. Yeah, we love Goodreads. I love Everyone. Goodreads. Yeah, add us guys on Goodreads. Thing. Add us on Goodreads. I don't think my name's Lucy Eliza Davis. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, well, yeah, mate, thank you so much for coming and chatting about books. No, this and has been about amazing. your life. It's I feel been like so this good. has been some sort of like therapy session. Do you think? I, f- well, I feel really calm now compared to when I arrived. I'm very relaxed. I'm going to have to write that down in my journal and be like, I am a therapist. Yeah. Get my positive affirmations but it's, going. it's talking, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's talking about whatever it is, being in a really nice environment, we having do have a lovely... Like noise cancelling headphones on as well. So I think it's just because... Like, I can't hear anything. Because we're just hearing each other. Yeah. It brings you into the conversation a little bit more. And I honestly think if you want to have a good conversation with someone, stick a microphone in front of them. Oh, well, wow, yeah, literally. Do you think? But do you know what I also find? And do you reckon this is something that you've learned with podcasts as well? You know that we're like... We can make eye contact yeah. without being like, I know sometimes people look away, but yeah. we can make eye contact. Do you think podcasting's helped you do that better? Or I, have you always been good at it? I've, like, I've, always, I've always been oh, right okay. at it. No, like, I'm not. I used to be like, hey. <laughs> I really okay? just didn't like the whole eye contact thing. Really? At all. I, like, I've, I've always been all right with it. Yeah. I always, like, I remember, I think I read it in like a book at some point <laughs> I read it in a book it's where I get all my social skills <laughs> from <laughs> um, but yeah no like I feel like also we had like people haven't done this for ages people haven't sat yeah, down and no, chatted to not. each other like I'm trying to get as many people as I can and like into this room so I can just have like a proper conversation with someone oh so nice get emotional yeah. but I love, Communication. love conversations no, same. Um, right so where where can people find you what like what what have you got coming out? What's what's new? Okay, so you can find me across socials as Lucy Davis Fit. I actually think YouTube's Lucy Davis Fitness, and I don't know why. I don't know how to change it, but Ugh. still, yeah, Lucy right. Davis Fit. Yeah, um, and then the My Coach School, and we have our app releasing in November. So probably when this pod comes out, it will be like really soon. Just can't say a date yet in case I no. jinx it because we've been waiting for a year and a half now. So fingers oh. crossed. And then our podcast is called the Not So Fit Couple Podcast. Nice. And what what who's been on recently? What kind of conversations can people expect? Who to we had on. Expect to listen to on that. Um, so we had an incredible podcast actually with a guy called Nick Butter who just ran around the whole of Britain yeah. and he's done a marathon in every country of the world. Like got loads of world records. Really mind-blowing podcast i think he's going on joe rogan soon he's like he's that level so he was amazing we've had asha phillips who was an olympian so her whole perspective on like the uh tokyo covid olympic situation we had fergus crawley on dr mike just a complete different array of guests from different things that me and ben don't really know much about and yeah. getting their opinions on it so they're definitely yeah. some really cool well that's ones. that's a beautiful thing about podcasts is you just get to learn from other oh, people absolutely. like it's it's almost as if it's quite a selfish thing having yeah. a podcast it's like even if no one listened like at least i'd, I'd yeah, know stuff t- from different people who are fucking it. experts yeah. like it's such a fortunate like job to have yeah it is absolutely so yeah thanks so much for coming on no i appreciate um, it i'll Thank put links you. for everything in the description for everyone but um yeah, thanks so much, mate. It's Ledge. Thanks for having me. <laughs>
Well, thank you very much for joining me for that conversation. I definitely learned a lot from Lucy and I have even started taking my training a little bit more seriously in the gym and I've got myself a gym program. So hopefully it can be equally as inspiring for some of you guys as well. So yeah, thank you so much for listening. As always, you are absolute legends. All of the relevant links are in the description and I'll be back soon.